Hello and welcome to another episode of North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me as always, I have Jer, Alex, and Liam. I want to remind you that this podcast, pardon me, is brought to you by you over at Patreon. And for those of you who are concerned, we just want to remind you that Patreon has actually rolled back their new policy. So hopefully that takes some stress off of some of you at home. Uh, we're going to start the episode with the same thing we always do, which is the best card you're not playing. Up today, we have Jer. Jer, what's your secret tech? Volrath's Shapeshifter. It's one blue-blue Okay. for a 0-2. Uh, it's uh, got, got a static ability and an activated ability. The static ability is if the top card of your graveyard is a creature, it's a copy of that creature. Oh, okay. okay. And it also has an activated ability... I think it's one in a blue, discard a card. Okay. I think it. I think it's just colorless to activate. Yeah. Interesting. Right, two I two colorless. Was, I thought you were going to say Volrath Stronghold, and you said Volrath no, no. Shape. No, what? What is this card? It's a well, great combo it's card. It's anything. Was it? So, and it's also a zero one. What Sorry. was it printed in? Uh, Eternal uh, Masters or Vintage Masters? I I can't remember <laughs> this Stronghold. 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 Yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. So it's just so, like instant speed. You can pitch a card to change what copy it is. Yeah. So it's it's really strong in a in a reanimator deck. That that's where I got a lot of success with it. Because huh. eventually I I played a really uh, big creature heavy version with a lot of looting effects, and often it's tough to get both a discard outlet and a reanimation spell like aligned together. And this card is both a discard outlet and sort of a reanimation spell. That's super funny. You're like, attack with a zero one, and your opponent's like, oh, Uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And and it it could be anything. Like, it could be like... And it's not super risky. I guess guess you play it even just for the looting effect. Like, it does enough. It's a discard outlet, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. And it's really cool because you can switch between offense and defense. Like, you can, you can, like... The first creature you can pitch is something like Elish Norn, and you can wrath their board, and then you can change it to something like Jingataxis yeah, before yeah, your yeah. end step, so then you draw seven. Interesting. I'm just imagining somebody just like blowing you up by wastelanding you, and it just like turns into a zero one with no abilities. <laughs> yeah, there are there are definitely potentials to get blown out, but usually you're holding up a bunch of mana to huh. make sure no, you have cool. the upper hand. There's also some cool stuff you can do with delve spells in this card. That's yeah, true. oh, just, like, wow. Delve just, your logic, not transform it into something they were no, expecting. No, 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 just, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess, no, that's really neat. That's a fun interaction. I didn't even think about that. This is a Graveyard Order Matters card, too, right? You can't rearrange your graveyard if this card's in your deck. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, the fun little things about Eternal Formats you don't have to talk about is Graveyard Matters. Matters in Highlander, yeah. sometimes, it's sometimes. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's introduce today's theme. Uh, if you've read the title, or maybe uh, Jared gave it, today we're talking about Reanimator, and we want to do something a little bit different. So this is going to be uh, a deep dive into an archetype, and we kind of broke it down that there are four types of of sort of categories for Reanimator decks, and so for this episode, the four of us are all going to represent a different archetype and sort of talk about our points along with those. Four uh, more years. Yeah. Uh, so Liam is going to be creature-based combo. Uh, do you have some examples? Uh, so obviously Tinfins, and then yeah. the, the other ones that I'm going to talk about are World Gorger Dragon combo yeah. and Necrotic Ooze combo. Yeah. Alex is just value. So stuff like The Rock, um, certain aggro decks, uh, and um, uh, Aristocrats a little bit. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be the grind, and this is where it gets a little bit also like the Rock and Abzan, just the sort of deck that tries to play fair targets and then and it just kind of gets you slowly over time. And then finally we have Jer, who is all-in classic reanimator. Yeah, like careful study reanimate. Yeah. Entomb reanimate. Uh, so let's start off with a very brief definition of what is, what is Reanimator in Highlander and how does that change sort of in this format compared to how you'd classically see it. Jer. So in, in Highlander, as opposed to most other formats, there's a bunch of different varieties of Reanimator, as we Surge outlined earlier. Uh, just because of the, the uniqueness of the format, you're gonna, you can do more with it. So there's like less all-in versions and more all-in versions. Uh, because looting effects are so good in reanimator-style decks, the decks are actually pretty consistent to what you'd see in like legacy-ish builds. You can have like pretty similar consistency. Looting effects, just to uh, clarify, is any effect that allows you to draw a card then pitch a card. Yeah, yeah so you play just a lot of... Yeah, yeah so you so play... it's like the opposite of rummage. Yeah. Which came later, which was pitch a card, draw a card, which is significantly worse. Yeah, you get to play a lot of cards like Careful Study, Faithless Looting, and then you even play cards like Thought Courier, Merfolk Looter. Oh, we're getting deep. I like it. Yeah. Like, that's Jace. not that deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jace for its prodigy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting that Jace is actually probably worse than most of the yeah. other looters. In not this as deck. good as Merfolk Looter. Because you, you actually just want the looter in play. More often than not Do in this deck. You have to transform Jace. You, yeah. you, mm -hmm. you have to. It's not yeah. a, not a maze. It's not like Search so for Ascanta. We're talking about Jace Friends Prodigy, which is one in a blue for a zero two, has an activated ability. Tap, draw a card, then discard a card if your grave, and then what, after you discard a card, if your graveyard has five or more cards in it, you transform Jace yeah. into Jace Telepath Unbound. Is that what the other side is called? Yep. I didn't even know that. I just called it actual little baby Jace this whole time. <laughs> Telepath Unbound. Huh, I learned something today. There you go. Yeah. And so the backside of this card is still good in Reanimator. It allows you to sort of get double down on some of your yeah. reanimation spells. So it, it definitely has some utility, but more often than not, you just want the the looting. Alright. I found. Total tangent. Has anybody at this table ever ulted Baby Jace? In Highlander or, yeah. or at in, all? Yeah, in Highlander. I've never done it in, I've had it done against me in Highlander. Yeah? I have. Yeah. And in Seinfeld. <laughs> I won. I, won. I, I, I had my opponent alt Jace Telepath Unbound against me and it was bad because they milled me and then I played a Delve spell. I played Dig Through Time when I wouldn't have been able to cast it otherwise. <laughs> and, then I, and then I killed them. That was like right. pretty so, bad. 50-50. All right. <laughs> um, well, let's go about uh, how you'd build a reanimator deck in Highlander. And then so as we go through the topics, we're going to talk about our respective deck and how they do it. And so the first question is, how does your or your, your, your niche variant of Reanimator win? So, Jer, how does all-in combo win? Uh, you want to discard or get a really big creature in your graveyard as fast as possible and then reanimate it. Fact, get it into play. <laughs> yeah. So Fantastic. Like, you're looking to get, like, Iona, Grizzlebrand, Elish Norn, yeah. Jingitaxis, some, something like that so, to play on turn two or three. Functioning like a combo deck. You're trying to do yeah. something unfair and you're kind of a glass cannon. It's you're, definitely you're a, paying way definitely less a combo for deck. something that's way too expensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the grind deck, uh, you actually have, it, it's probably the fairest reanimator deck? Maybe not. Maybe maybe what Alex gets you would like yeah. that. Most of your reanimator spells end up being cards you can likely cast as well. Uh, so an example would be Seed Rhino. Uh, Seed Rhino is one 
Abzan, uh, and it has an ETB effect that 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 um, drains your opponent's life and gains you life, and it also has a fairly aggressively costed body in terms of power and toughness. And so with Siege Rhino, what you can do is you can just play fair magic, damage them, and then hit them for stuff. Or if you get an effect like Recurring Nightmare, you can just start to attrition it over and over and over. If they remove your threat, you bring it back, or you take advantage of the ETB effect to just slowly attrition your opponent out. Um, so yeah, the, the grind deck just tries to seek advantage through ETB threats and then utilizes its graveyard as sort of a second hand to get more value out of everything it does. Yeah, that's sort of what I was getting at when I mentioned the rock, is um, some builds of this will uh, will play Recurring Nightmare to bring back stuff like um, uh, Thrag right, Tusk. Mm. Yeah, that like, one's good with Recurring Nightmare. Yeah, and like the, the, <laughs> like Bayloths that gain you four life, and it's mm. just actually like, it'll get into these loops where it's recycling two just like good enters play creatures, and it just generates all this advantage. One of my favorite tricks in the decks you play are like, in a, a very low cost aggro deck, you'll play Reanimate or Unearth or something That's like exactly that. exactly what I was going to get dead. to. Yeah, like, um, uh, in... Um, in sort of value, uh, I I will play sort of incidental reanimate spells. Mm. Um, the two that Serge mentioned, um, unearth and reanimate, are quite good. Like unearth is uh, a single black um, return a creature of CMC three or less from your graveyard to play. It also has cycling. Um, this is great in low to the ground aggro decks because it's just sort of you know if your creature gets killed or countered or something, you just bring it back for one black. Um, uh, and reanimates a similar spell. It's also a single black, um, but you you bring back any creature from any yard, and you lose life equal to its uh, convert a mana cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this works on your own guys. You can pay a couple life to get a three drop back, or if you've hit them with hand attack, you get back maybe their the huge dream. Thing. Yeah, that's the, the dream. dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thought sees them then take their huge thing. Yeah. Sometimes maybe you'll play. Um, uh, necromancy. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of mana, but that one's really tech. This is two and a black. Yeah. Um, For an enchantment. Yeah. Oh, it's God. got some of the most messed up rules. It's really complicated. <laughs> the simple version is that it's an enchantment. It comes into play and it hauls a creature out of any graveyard yeah. and returns it to the battlefield. Um, you may cast it as an instant. Yeah. Uh, in which case it's sacrificed it in a turn. So... At cleanup. At cleanup. Yeah, yeah. you can't weird. use this it's on end step to get it on your next turn. This is relevant. Uh, I'll, I'll explain why in a minute, but okay. yeah, it does matter. But yeah, this is a really great value card because it hits any graveyard. There's no other drawback. You can cast it at instant to so like just either get a surprise blocker, yeah. an enters play effect, maybe a leaves play effect. Um, you can also use it to brown your opponent's oh, combo. Oh man, Allison. Browned me so hard with this yep. card. I, I I destroyed my own Academy Rector, and with the Academy Rector trigger on the stack, she stole it with Necromancy. <laughs> and then when the turn ended, she got the Necromancy. She got the uh, Academy Rector trigger and got to bring back something else that just something straight insane. goozled me. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, like uh, as far as Aristocrats goes, mm. there's a little bit of incidental sort of reanimation stuff. Um, I'll sometimes play those cards. There's a lot of creatures that just bring themselves back. Yeah. <laughs> that are just good. So it's like they have two bodies, which is relevant to sacrifice stuff. So creatures with the mechanic Unearth or like... Uh, undying. Un or Undying. Yeah, or yeah. even um, uh, the Raid guy. The Bloodsoak Champion. Yeah. Oh, blood yeah. Champion. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. The Grave yeah. Prowler, yeah, yeah. Bloodgast. Persist is pretty good too, right? Yeah. yeah. So stuff like that where, you know, it's... 
stuff returning from the bin um, to just get like a second crack, uh, either to to just feed it into something or just like be an unusually stubborn aggro deck. And and something that aristocrats decks will play is something like uh, wake the dead or rally the ancestors, which right. is like an instant speed get back your bin. A bunch of things, yeah. yeah. Wake, wake the dead is. We'll just go with that one. It's X black black. Cast only during your combat on your opponent's turn. Return X target creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Sacrifice those creatures at the beginning of the next end step. So this doesn't work that well for most decks. But when all your creatures have when this creature dies they abilities, do something, and they, they'll likely leave behind a second body. It can just be like devastating, ins insane value. Especially if you're bringing back a blood artist and a sack outlet. It can I just be. It can just be game over. This card's also really good in, in Flash Hulk. Hmm. Oh jeez. Oh wow. All right, Liam, uh, tell us how the creature-based combos win. And this could this could get a little bit, uh, depending on the combo, can get a little deep, but... Yeah, well, and I... Um, so broadly speaking, yeah. the decks are looking to do a similar thing to what Jared's describing uh, in the sort of more conventional reanimator strategies. The difference is uh, these decks are much more uh, all-in, and they tend to be less resilient, but also, generally, if you manage to reanimate the threat you're trying to reanimate, you win the game on the spot. Yeah. So... Um, in in tin fins, I've talked about this before, but generally you're trying to reanimate uh, a gristle brand. Yeah. Uh, you don't play the looting effects to get it into the bin. You just play like entomb and maybe a couple other ways, but you're you're not that all in. Um, you're really all in on on trying to entomb a gristle brand and then getting it back with haste. Let's talk about gristle brand really quick, just to let the viewers. Yeah, know sure. That card so is. so gristle brand is uh, four generic mana, and then it's four black mana. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, an 8-mana 7-7 seven, seven with flying and lifelink that has the text pay 7 life, draw 7 cards. And in a lot of decks, this gets used kind of like an enchantment that just says pay 7 life, draw 7 cards. But in Tinfins, it doesn't. We, we actually care about its power, its toughness, the lifelink, uh, and also its converted mana cost. Um, oh. So, so Tinfins is looking to uh, reanimate a Gristlebrand with haste. So these, this Tinfins uses um, reanimation spells like Shallow Grave, um, Gorio's Vengeance. Yeah, and Gorio's Vengeance. Uh, necromancy. It, it also uses Necromancy, though this is where uh, mm. it comes up as interesting. With cards like Shallow Grave and Gorio's Vengeance, you can use them on end step and then untap and, and still have the Gristlebrand and be able to attack with it. Mm. But importantly, you can't with Necromancy because it gets sacrificed on cleanup. If you Necromancy a creature on end step, it then gets sacrificed in that cleanup step. Yeah. Huh. So so that that's why I was going to say it's relevant. But anyway, so we, we bring a threat back with a haste. With with the, the Tin Fins deck, you look to draw a lot of cards. You look to play a card like Sacrifice or Burnt Offering, which lets you sacrifice your Gristlebrand and get eight mana out of it, but both of them do the same thing, which is that you, you sacrifice a creature and you get black mana, or in the case of Burnt Offering, black and red mana uh, equal red. to the CMC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from there, you're basically just a storm deck. You're using Gristlebrand to, to draw 14 to 21 to 28 to 56 cards, um, and and then you're, you're killing them with the mana from this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, World Gorger Dragon's a little bit different. With World Gorger Dragon, you get it into the bin, and then you use a different reanimation spell. You have to use an enchantment. So, yeah. so what is what is the dragon? The World Gorger Dragon is a three colorless and then three red mm -hmm. uh, for a 7-7 seven, seven with flying and trample. So this card's like, okay. But then when it enters the battlefield, you exile all other permanents you control. Everything. And when, you, when it leaves the battlefield, these come back. Mm -hmm. um, so what that means is that if you play an enchantment reanimation spell, you bring the World Gorger Dragon back, 
Uh, and then there's a trigger on the stack, and the trigger makes all of your enchantments go away. Uh, all, your all your permanents, including the enchantment, go away. But then when, when the enchantment leaves, it tells you to sacrifice the World Gorger Dragon. So it goes back to the graveyard, you get all your permanents back, including that enchantment, which gets the World Gorger Dragon back. And this is a loop. Yeah. What you can do in this loop is add mana with your lands, and then uh, also if you have, ideally you have some way to draw cards or something like that, because this this combo adds infinite mana, and then if you have something like Bazaar of Baghdad, which is a land that taps to draw two cards and then you discard three cards, uh, or uh, Gyre Reach Sanitarium is a new one. Which, yeah, I, I know Bazaar, I don't know the Sanitarium. Gyre Reach Sanitarium is a, a Shadows Over Innistrad card that... Okay, uh, I think it might be Eldritch Moon. Sure, it's from that block. Um, yeah. Which, for two colorless, you can tap it to loot, you, uh, everyone loots. You and your opponent both loot. So okay. it's kind of interesting. Oh, you can oh, also okay. use it to draw your whole deck if you have World Gorger Dragon going. Hmm. Um, so yeah, basically this deck looks to loop the World Gorger Dragon, then you draw your entire draw and discard most of your deck, then you get an Una, Queen of the Fae back is one of the ways <laughs> to do this. Oh, and just mill them out. Yeah, and then so Una is three and then three hybrid blue-black yeah. for a 5-5 five, five flyer that has an activated ability for X and uh, a blue or a black. Uh, where you choose a color, target opponent exiles the top X cards from his or her library for each color. Card of that color, you get a fairy for this. You just una them for like a million. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. lose their whole deck. For their deck. Or imagine if you have any sort of ETB effect, like a ping effect or something like that. Yeah, just there. like even Banefire? Yeah, you can also do it that way. Um, the the reason why Una is nice is that it, it works really well with Bizarring, because with Bizarre, you never end up up cards. You always end up pitching the cards into the graveyard. Uh -huh. But there are, there are ways to do it, for sure. Okay. I've, I've also... The other way you could do it is you could just have Snapcaster Mage in your deck and eventually move the enchantment onto a Snapcaster and, like, snap back, Snapcaster back a Banefire, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a bunch of options. Sure. And cool. then the last one is Necroticus combo. This one's mm. the, the simplest. Uh, and the reason we're playing um, reanimation spells in this deck uh, you don't technically need them, but you just want as many ways to recur the Necroticus as possible. So the Necroticus stack, Necroticus is a two and a two and two black for a four three that says as long as long as Necroticus is on the battlefield, it has all activated abilities of all creature cards in all graveyards. I didn't know it was all graveyards. Yeah, relevant, huh. relevant to keep I in mind. Your own. Cool. Yeah, I have Death Rate Shamaned my opponent uh, wow. with a Necroticus in cube before. It was great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> haven't done it in Highlander, but did it on Magic Online. Yeah, okay. Um, so. But the way this combo works, it used to be kind of clunky the way you did it, but now it's really quite simple. You have a Necroticus, mm -hmm. you have a Phyrexian Devourer. This is a seven mana uh, creature. I think I th it's six. Uh, six. Might be six. I think it's six. Anyway, it's Phyrexian a, it's a Devourer. Yeah, okay. it's a colorless creature. Six mana, one one. Yeah, that has an activated ability that you can uh, exile the top card of your library and put plus one plus one counters on the Devourer equal to. Uh, the converted mana cost of that card. Yeah. If the Devourer's power gets above seven, you sacrifice it. Oh, and I see what the other half is. I can fill in the Walking gaps. Blister, yeah. yeah. It's, this, it's the second half of this. So Walking Blister is XX for a, a zero, zero, but the, the most important part that we care about here is that it has the ability to remove a counter and ping. Yeah. So with Necroticus in play and Walking Blister and Phyrexian Devourer in the graveyard, you can um, put plus one, plus one counters equal to the converted mana cost of your deck. Yeah. So it is actually finite damage. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. infinite, but it's a lot. Uh, and then you can throw them all at your opponent. What's really good about this combo is that once the ooze is in play, you can't interact with this combo, by and large. Because if you, you exile, you put counters on, you exile, you put counters on, and if at any time your opponent goes to try and remove your necrotic ooze, you, you, just, you just do it in response. Um, so the reason that we play reanimated shooting spells in this deck is, um, A, 
Buried Alive is the best way to get all three of these creatures right, yeah. out of your deck. So Buried Alive is... Buried Alive is two and a black for a card that says, uh, search your deck for three creature cards, put them in the graveyard, um, and and then shuffle your library. So you just go get the combo. And yeah. then you. what's good is that you can use Buried Alive to tutor for the entire combo, and then you just jam reanimation spells. So this deck plays... Basically all of the above, actually, that we've just talked about. Yeah. It plays. It can play Recurring Nightmare. It can play. Uh, certainly play Reanimate. Uh, it can't play Unearth, unfortunately. It plays all the enchantment-based ones. It can play Shallow Grave. Um, it, it, it plays them all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that, that's those are the three ones. I've talked quite quite a while already. That's but, fun. But that's what we got. So the so we've covered it a little bit here, but I want to give the other archetypes to talk about. Um, so Reanimation needs uh, uh, a means with which to disable a card. Uh, discard, it, you mean? D discard, sorry. It needs a way to put a card in a graveyard. Uh, it needs a certain type of threat, and needs a way to reanimate that. And, and some of the decks we've talked about getting there, and, and so... But basically, like, what is the overarching strategy on how you want to discard it, what the threat is, and how you bring it back, Jer? Uh, so with traditional all-in reanimator, you want to either cast a Faithless Looting or Careful Study effect, or have a looter in play and just draw a discard until you can assemble thing in your bin plus any reanimation spell you play, any of them that keeps your thing in play. Because you're sort of accomplishing both at the same and, time where you're like ripping through your deck to find the cards you want and pitching the ones that and, you don't and yeah, need. It's really interesting in this cool. deck that looting is actually better than just drawing cards. Hmm, yeah. Which in most decks is not the case. Yeah. But in this deck you actively want ways to discard because the, the most successful way I've found to build this deck is to build it with lots of looting effects and lots of high-end creatures just to increase consistency. Hmm. And then the rest of the deck is... Because I suppose, actually, one of the reasons maybe Reanimator works in Highlander is that there are a bunch of redundant copies. Now, it's like, yeah. there's only yeah. one Grizzlebrand, but there's plenty of overcosted creatures that hit real stupid hard, and, and lots of reanimation spells, and lots of loot spells. And that is the downside of this version as opposed to the the more all-in combo versions that, is that sometimes you can hit like the wrong creature for the wrong matchup. Like sometimes you'll hit yeah. Elish Norn against the combo deck, <laughs> no. yeah. and and that's not not super effective. But other times you'll hit Iona versus the mono red deck. And you're just like, that's a free win. Yep. yep. Uh, so in the in the well, how do I describe it? The grind sort of deck. Uh, a lot of your discard is actually incidental. So you'll play something like Grim Flare. So Grim Flare is a green and a black, so two mana for a 2-2 two -two with Trample. Uh, and it has an ability, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, look at the top, is it three or four cards? Three. three. Top three cards of your, your deck, put them back in any order, or put them in your graveyard. And then if you have Delirium, which is activated if you have four or more different card types in your graveyard, it gets plus two, plus two. So Grim Flare suits the strategy of an aggressive creature that's going to put a clock on your opponent, but is also incidentally filling your graveyard with value. Uh, so if you can think about ways to advance your own board state and put pressure on your opponent while also filling your graveyard, so in the case that your opponent has an answer, you can bring it back and then just start to get the attrition going on it. So you're less focused on really filling your graveyard as quickly as possible and more taking advantage of a synergy between your graveyard and, and cards that interact with it. Lotleth Troll. Lotleth Troll? It's <laughs> a, a great segue from this because yeah. I've played both. Um, it's uh, the same mana cost as Grimflare, black, green, uh, for a 2-1 with Trample, and it regenerates for a single black. Yeah. Um, and you can pitch creature cards to it to put plus one, plus one counters on it. So 
you can use this to, to the, the wombo with this as you Ooh. pitch you pitch um, Gravecrawler to it. Or like Bloodgast or something? Yeah, or Bloodgast oh, or something like yeah. that. Um, so, Phyrexian yeah, that, Devourer. Yeah, well, that's maybe, devour. you know, in a nutshell, the, the, the kind of synergy you get with um, no the decks that I was talking yeah. about with just value because, like, it's even more incidental. Yeah. Like, the ways that you are pitching cards are not just like, I want to pitch a card. It's just like, I have a means to pitch something that might be valuable later. Um, like, I've... I've played, um, oh, what's the, the Una's Prowler? Yeah. And sometimes I'll sweet. use that to, to throw out stuff like, so like. So talk about the Prowler really quick. What's Una's Prowler? Una's Prowler is a 3-1 with flying for mm -hmm. one and a black. Um, and it has an activated ability. Discard a card. It get the uh, Una's Prowler gets minus two, minus oh until end of turn. Any player might play this ability. So if you <laughs> crack into your opponent and they have spare cards, they can nerf it. But. If you're pressuring them really hard with a, you know, mono black or black green deck, um, you can maybe make that proposition not so good. And occasionally you'll play this out as your turn two threat. End of their turn, pitch your blood guest to it, and on your turn, play a land, cast a creature, and have multiple threats in play. So it's just like really incidental, just kind of utilizing your graveyard. Um, you can also do uh, tricks with like cards of flashback. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of like red ones and uh, some black ones. Get to lava darts and people. Yeah, lava darts. Or it, the dream. Also, like, um, there's a deck I've always been trying to get to work. I don't know what category this maybe gets into, but it's the um, uh, grapple with the past um, grizzly, grizzly salvage deck. Oh yeah. Which is just like just like self mill basically. Self mill, like incidental self mill, but like value as well, opposed to just cards that are just like just mill you. Yeah, one these of these cards. You actually get something out of it. One of the things you can do in the grind deck as well is like a Life from the Loam grind. Mm. So Life from the Loam is a two mana sorcery for one and a green uh, that says return up to three target lands from your graveyard to your hand. Um, and it has dredge. So instead of drawing, you can skip your draw step, take the top three cards from your library. Sorry, you can replace it, not skip it. Take the top three cards from your library, put them in your graveyard, and return Life from the Loam from your graveyard to your hand. Um, and what this allows you to do is interact with really fun cards like Wasteland, which is a land that destroys a non-basic basic land. Yes. So you fun. can you can go through the process <laughs> of again, sort of like grinding or attritioning your your opponent, getting value off of for bringing it up, and then incidentally put, you know, other cards with dredge or cards with flashback or cards that interact with your graveyard in there while you're yeah. advancing your other game state. So you're actually getting something out of the fact you're putting cards in your graveyard while you advance yeah. the board state in a different direction. So to just briefly bring it back to what I was talking mm. about. There's um, cards like Bloodgast and Bloodsoak Champion are perfect yep. examples of cards that, like, if you happen to have a way of pitching cards, or um, have made it so that you have to pitch cards. Actually, a great example is like Liliana the Veil. Yeah, it's like both players discard, and the card I throw out, I'm going to get back anyways because it has a um, inbuilt quality that allows it to return to play. So it's actually just as desirable to have it in my bin than in my hand. Awesome. So. And then Liam, do you have anything else to add? You're pretty, you're pretty thorough before. Yeah, I, one other thing I wanted to, to quickly mention is that in all four of these archetypes, uh, you're playing targeted discard. Like all, all of us are kind of packing the Thoughtseize, Duress, Inquisition. Mm. And while you're Thoughtseizing yourself. Right, and, and while it's almost never plan A, um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's a plan that you can employ. So that, that's worth mentioning as well. But yeah, in the combo decks, you're, you're all in on the tutors. Bur buried Alive, Entomb, uh, I've played Gifts Ungiven, to be in tune before. That's 
Yeah, we're, we like those ones. All right, the last question about building a deck is how does your strategy plan on interacting with your opponent? Jer. Uh, <laughs> you hope to get the right creature into play. <laughs> are you playing, are you you playing disruption or, or removal, or are you all in on uh, just like getting you, the right creature? You can play counter spells. You, you play the discard spells that Liam mentioned, mm -hmm. but mostly you're just planning on getting a giant thing into play before... They before have the resources relevant. to deal with it, yeah. yeah, or or just a thing that's hard to kill, like Inquil Leviathan or Imperial Archangel. Yeah. So uh, the the grind deck is probably the most interactive deck. A deck, pardon me. Uh, but a lot of how it's interacting is through its creatures and and through the threats it's playing because it wants to play something like a Reclamation Sage, which is a three mana green creature with an ETB effect that destroys an artifact or an enchantment. Because if that comes in and then it ends up in your graveyard, you can also bring it back through some reanimator shenanigans. So it's it's very interactive, but it's it's more fair and thus has less good matchups and less bad matchups. I don't know. It's it's just the, the fairer version in this in this conversation. Yeah, um, for the decks that I was mentioning. Uh, reanimation is kind of like a secondary, maybe even tertiary theme, mm. um, which. It's not an afterthought, but a lot of the threats that you would end up playing um, happen to to pair well with a little bit of incidental uh, reanimation. Mm. And I mean, there's there's little things like I mean, I guess Volrath Stronghold gets into some of these decks, which is yeah, like, yeah, like maybe an example of you know a sort of incidental card. This is a col a land that taps for colorless, and then for one and a black, and tap it, you take it. A creature from your graveyard and put it on top of your library, mm, so it gets you to recycle new, stuff. Um, I've I see this in the rock. I don't know if anybody else plays this. It, it's really good in Necroticus. I imagine because so. once once you set up the Necroticus combo, you, you literally just every turn if you have six mana get to be like, can you counter it this turn? Seven. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like a deck like Black Mold is looking to be aggressive first. Probably have some disruption second and third. Right. You know, if you have room for it, um, some threats that are resilient because they're hard to put away. Your your interaction just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> your interaction is pressure. That's fair. Yeah. And then Liam. Yeah. So like, uh, it it varies. Tinfins okay. not looking to interact at all. We're we're <laughs> trying to kill people on turn two. Uh, the and similarly with the world gorger dragon combo, that deck. It plays more counter spells probably than maybe uh, the all-in reanimator that Jared's talking about, but not by a large margin. And a lot of those counter spells are defensive, not not offensive. Um, Necroticus is the one exception where that deck can actually be built a bunch of different ways. Uh, you can build it green-black and slant more towards being a mid-range deck that happens to have a combo in it. Hmm. You can build it blue-black is, is the most common version we see now. And in being blue-black, you can either be really oriented towards the combo or you can be kind of just a blue-black control deck with, with some I-win buttons. Um, so so it, it varies wildly, though. It definitely tends towards not interacting very much. You can also play a bug version. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can yeah. combine both together, yeah. All right, let's go to our, our next sort of mini topic. Uh, which is, why should somebody play your version, and then why shouldn't they play your version? So, like, sell it, and then tell us the cons. Uh, so the all-in version is really fun to play. I think it's probably the most consistent of the the combo versions, looping in most, like, including most of the decks Liam's talking about. Just because you have so much redundancy, you're not looking for a specific 
creature, you're just looking for a big thing, and you get to play mm-hmm. you with all the looting you have. Your deck just feels really consistent. Uh, it's really easy to uh, like a lot of the time you win. Your opponent's just like, man, how is this deck fair? <laughs> uh, that being said, if you're playing against decks that have a lot of like catch-all answers, like wraths and unconditional removal, it, you can often end up getting the the wrong creature. Mm. Like as I mentioned before, if you get Elish Norn against a control deck, they can probably remove it pretty easily, and sometimes it's hard to reload because they're also able to take out your your looters with wraths and stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, sometimes maybe you go and get, um, oh, what's that, Terastodon? And, like, maybe you blow up their lands, they untap, have some sort of, like, cheap kill spell, and then they have nine power that you gave them. Yes, they now have yeah, some Olifons. That, that is a risk. So, yeah. like, you, you can also get, like, reverse blown out. Oof, yeah. But... Uh, if you wanted to play the value grindy version, uh, it's if you want to do a lot of stuff or maybe a lot of powerful nothing. I don't know. No, it's <laughs> it's it's if you enjoy a mid range deck, if you like casting spells on curve, um, if you like occasionally getting really strong hands in an otherwise fair deck, because sometimes even the you know the Abzan mid range deck gets Entomb Reanimate and you bring back you know Primeval Titan on turn two or something like that. It's never as nuts as the combo decks. But you can get some really powerful turns. Uh, the other reason it's kind of great is um, it has better matchups against a lot of stuff. It doesn't have as good a matchups. It won't have as many free wins. But it's normally going to be you're going to have game against a lot of decks. It's it's sort of the classic 60-40 grindy, almost mid range, but with a plan B sort of style. So it's good on that. Uh, the cons are it doesn't have a lot of free wins. And, and like we've talked in other episodes, sometimes it's better to play like an 80-20 deck than it is to play a 60-40 deck, because if you have a 60-40 deck, you shouldn't be surprised if you're 3-2 after five rounds. <laughs> um, stuff like uh, mono black aggro, Golgari aggro, aristocrats, um, I think if you like utilizing your graveyard as a secondary resource um, in an otherwise like aggressive, uh, maybe sort of mid-rangey, maybe a little bit combo-y, kind of deck, um, this is the kind of list for you, where you, like, you will rarely get the sort of, like, insane blowout, like, kill your opponent play, unless you, like, reanimate something that's, like, nuts Mm. from their bin, but occasionally, just, you can, you can come at them from unexpected angles, and your deck is very resilient, because, like, it just keeps coming back, um, unless they have graveyard hate, in which case it can brick your deck a little bit more than... And other decks might experience. What are you weak against? Uh, Death Rite Shaman. Yeah. <laughs> Just Scavenging like some, Scavenging something is, that hits your library is a, is a and gains life. Withered Wretch. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I, I, I think in those decks you're also weaker to like some of the bigger mid range decks sometimes because you're not doing anything super unfair with your graveyard. You're just getting value. Yeah, it's just so it's like good. your opponent just like slams Thrag Tusk. It doesn't matter how many times you can bring back Bloodsoak Champion. It's, it's a camp it's lock never, anyway. It's it's never beaten the Thrag Dust. Yeah. Uh, Jer, sell us and uh, protect us from your deck. Liam. The other Jer. The other Jer. Better Jer. Harry Jer. Better Jer? I mean, I want to Harry Jer. Sorry. Wow. Um, well, sell, sorry. Us, sell us and protect us. Yes, fair enough. Um, Cause, so, because you were kind of a boogeyman when we had a little <laughs> when we had a little Highlander tournament here, and, and some people loved your deck, and some people hated your deck. Yeah. It's certainly polarized. Um, so you did not draw us. I yeah, I did. Uh, I I did draw very well. That's certainly true. Um, 
And that's one of the reasons to play my decks. If you're if you're interested <laughs> in drawing very well and killing people uh, spectacularly and really early on in the game, um, I think that in particular Tinfins is the fastest goldfish in the format. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, I, I, this is not an uncontroversial opinion, but it's it's probably true from from the decks that people play regularly. That you could build a deck that like either wins on turn one or does nothing. But yeah, <laughs> um, so like uh, so that's that's really powerful. If you if you think that your opponents aren't going to be interacting with you very much, uh, then this is a way to really demonstrate to them that they probably want to interact with you more, uh, in particular with Tinfins. With with World Gorger Dragon, I think that uh, a lot of the allure comes from the fact that. Uh, you you get to play a little bit more of a of a control deck like World Gorger fits into a control strategy okay. Um, you get to play some like some kind of sweet games with World Gorger as well. I think with with these decks in particular, it can feel a little bit more like uh, solving a puzzle than it can with mm. with the version that Jarrah's talking about, where like you kind of just have to slam you your head into the wall. <laughs> right. Well, like like Jarrah's kind of like jamming a key into a door, and sometimes it works. Um, whereas like with this, you're like lock picking. It's different, right? Sure. Um, so like Jarrah always has the key, whereas like sometimes you just like fumble and break your lock picks. But uh, when you do successfully pick the lock, you're getting through every time. Great analogy, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think World Guard Journal and Reanimator are like probably the two most. Yeah, they're they're definitely the closest. And then with with Necroticus, the reason you play Necroticus is um, it's really quite resilient. Like other than Graveyard Hate, it mm. it doesn't fold too much. Um, and against Graveyard Hate, it is rough. I, I mean, all yeah. these decks are going to be bad yeah. against Graveyard Hate, right? But um, but the the really nice thing about Necroticus is that. Uh, you kind of just keep to get to keep jamming. You have so many spells in your deck that matter. Like Alex was saying with Volrath Stronghold, I had this happen where I was playing a control deck against uh, against Necroticus, who had the loop set up where he was just casting Necroticus every turn, and it was just a question of like, can you stop it this turn? Okay, great, that's fine. Can you stop it this turn? Oh, great, no worries. Can you stop it this turn? Ah, right, you can't. You're dead. Right. So <laughs> game two. Yeah, game, uh, it was match unfortunately. <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, you should play these decks if you want to win early. Or in the case of Necroticus, you want to play a resilient yeah. deck. All right. Our last question, uh, internal question. I made these questions. Uh, is what do you feel? How do you feel about Reanimator in the metagame? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you think it's important? Do you think it's a good barometer? Uh, mm. Where does your deck fit? Uh. I think it's a l really good when people aren't expecting it. Like, yeah. if there's not a lot of scavenging ooze and death right decks in the room, there's that's usually like about as much graveyard hate as most people play. Mm. And so, like, you can definitely run into a lot of good matchups. Like, if if there's a lot of other linear decks out out there, like Reanimator's traditionally really good against other linear decks. For example, you, uh, aggro decks. Reanimator is traditionally good against other combo decks because mm. you can often put a big creature in play that stops their combo and kills them really fast. So I don't think Storm can win through Ryana, can it? Uh, they can, they but, it's can but it's hard. Yeah, mm. like it's hard for them to beat a lot of things. Like you can put Plats into play, Platinum <laughs> Imperion into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought turn four was early. If <laughs> you get turn two, Platinum Imperion. <laughs> and if you re if you reanimate Platinum Imperion, it works similarly to Madcap that you don't lose the life. Oh, interesting. So that's exciting. Yeah. Huh. The life loss ones are really it's in good play with play, and then the spell right, resolves. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mystery. It puts it into play, then causes yeah. you to lose life. Doink. Yeah. Uh, I think the um, the grind deck is it should have a place in any healthy metagame, because it, it sort of falls into one of those fair decks. 
Um, it's it's just a mid-range deck with a little bit of a higher end and and maybe play slightly less mid-rangey cards in favor of the graveyard ones, trying to get that that extra value out of synergy. But I think it's just a fair deck. It's not, you know, it belongs in a healthy metagame, and if it's not there, that's also fine. It's not a barometer where it's like, if this deck is missing from your archetype, something has gone wrong, or your archetype from your metagame, something's gone wrong. It's just a fine deck. Yeah, I think uh, what I was talking about is, is similar. It's just like, it's they're perfectly fair decks that have a couple of, you know, nice graveyard synergies and, you know, they can be in your meta or not and it's not going to necessarily indicate something. Yeah, my decks are, are generally <laughs> either going to feel unplayable Degenerate. or broken. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, like, generally, these these more all-in combo decks are going to are gonna either feel like they're oppressively good or bad, uh, <laughs> the, right? Like, the, it's, it's tricky to find a metagame where the turn one combo deck feels fair. Um, so, generally, um, if you find... That these that these kinds of decks are really powerful and really hard to beat. Uh, you should look at the metagame, and odds are there's not a whole lot of interaction going on. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, if these decks are completely absent, uh, you would you would expect to find the metagame full of uh, graveyard interaction, counterspells, discard, fast clocks, sure. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, again. My decks are the weirdest because I think they're on a bit of a sliding scale. I think you can play Necrotic Ooze in almost any metagame. Hmm. I don't think you can play Tin Fins in a lot of metagames. Um, I agree. So, and I think World Order is somewhere in the middle of that scale. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's our topic on on Reanimator, and hopefully you enjoyed the uh, the the breaking it down from. I mean, luckily Reanimator fit into four nice categories for everyone yeah. we had here. One, one thing I want to do is just describe the differences a little, because we talked about what was in each deck a yeah, little bit, sure. but we didn't actually describe the main differences and like how to identify them. So like if you're sitting across from it, oh cool, yeah. What, is it, like, what does a turn how do I, one or two play look like? Not even or like once you, like, um, like most of these decks are capable of going like turn two into reanimate Grizzlebrand, except for maybe sure. Alex's yeah. decks. Or, yeah, 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 like, okay, it, go ahead. It could even be out of the grind deck. Sure. So, like, if you're playing against traditional reanimator, you're going to see things like the looters, the careful studies. Uh, you're going to be seeing, like, off-color reanimation targets. Yeah, they're, so never, they're never planning on casting. It's yeah. like a base blue-black deck, but they're going to play, like, white creatures and green creatures yeah. and... And, and so if you see the grind deck, they're n you're not going to be seeing blue for the most part. Typically it's uh, either Abzan or black green. Yeah. You're going to be seeing like lower cost things like Siege Rhino. You're going to be seeing like more hand attack. You're going to be seeing like Sylvan Library, those types of things. Yeah. From the aggro decks, it's pretty obvious. You Agro. Probably just got ran over game one. And <laughs> so beep beep. Yeah. I, I think uh, those decks are the hardest to like predict that there's going to be a reanimation spell. Involved. Yeah, yeah like, that's what I mean. You like, well, yeah, because there there might be and there might not be. You and probably can't afford to play around it. Yeah. Um, and then with with Liam's decks, uh, tin fins, you'll find out pretty quick, real quick. <laughs> there's not really any telltale signs. I don't think like. I don't think until you're going off there's any real telltale signs yeah, like to I, tell you apart from a normal reanimator deck beforehand. Well, I look more like a storm deck, I think. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. If, if it looks like, like they're doing like a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. But you <laughs> That's you a like bad sign. you like maybe heard Grizzlebrand from their table earlier. Maybe you can put them on tin fins. Well, but. and and also I, I think the other thing to be sort of like suspicious of is if 
if the deck spends like a bunch of the first couple of turns like can tripping or tutoring or hand attacking, but like not doing anything else. Yeah. The, um, that means there's likely some sort of shenanigans I love, afoot. That's I love be the an storm player. Point. Yeah. If the player goes, it's like turn three and they draw and they're just like. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you probably gain yeah, Storm. So if, they're, if they're playing their cantrips in hand attack and they don't play like Brawl or like, um, uh, what's the the artifact creature with Death Touch of the cantrips? Baleful Strix. Oh, Baleful, like Baleful Strix. Strix or anything like that. Like those early little cards don't show up. It's like, uh, you're up to something. Yeah. Uh, World Gorger looks a lot like traditional reanimator, but probably with less looting and more, more tutoring. Mm -hmm. So they're really looking to tutor for like, Buried alive or entomb, and the the car the lands Liam mentioned earlier, like Miko Koro, uh, Gaia Reach Sanitarium, and Bazaar are really telltale signs that they're world gorgering. Yep. Uh, and then ooze in whatever flavor traditionally plays more like a, a mid range deck, so like you'll be seeing like more counter spells, more discard, and they'll just be going a little. A little slower. Yeah, so there, I, those are I, some ways to differentiate. I think I was at a Monday once, and I completely mistook it for just, like, bug mid-range until yeah. it showed up, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. this yeah. deck. And what, the, those types of decks, especially when people don't know what you're on, is so dangerous, where you're just, like, playing a normal game, and then your opponent taps out, and then you're like, oh, I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one other piece of, of valuable information is that a lot of these reanimator decks... Uh, the combo ones in particular are mm -hmm. going to rely on transmute spells a lot. Mm, yeah. um, so to if the you see people, tutors, yeah. So if you see people transmuting for buried alive, especially, uh, you should be worried that it's a combo deck. Uh, and if you if you see someone transmuting for entomb, um, like the the regular reanimator deck doesn't play dizzy spell, right? It it can. It depends because it functions as either entomb or. Reanimate. Yeah, right, sure. so, like, I think broadly speaking, anybody playing transmute can. spells is gonna be on combo. Right. But but, but, but Liam means to differentiate from oh, you're gonna die literally that turn and not gonna get to untap, mm -hmm. or like you might be facing down a grizzle brand. Yeah. yeah. So like a fairy animator deck still has to hit you to death with the creature it brings back and you yeah. can interact with it, versus the combo deck kills you the turn it absorbs. Right. If you see if you see your opponent transmuting for shallow grave, you should be prepared for them to try and kill you on any given turn. Yeah. Yeah, so that's an excellent summary from yep. that. No, oh, awesome on that one. Uh, shall we go to our closing segments? I love it. All right. Up next, we have powerful magic. Wow! Wow! And up today is me. Um, I have a story from Monday. Uh, so we record in the middle of the week, and this was actually this Monday. And I was playing Celestia mid-range, so green-white mid-range, and I'm trying to punch people and turn people sideways, which is not my usual style of deck, but I, I just... It's very odd, very, very fair. Very fair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was playing against a mono-red player on Red Deck Wins. Um, and as we're talking about in our mid-range episode, sometimes when you're playing mid-range, you need to know you, you can change your deck back and forth. If you're against a slow deck, you have to play very aggressive. If you're against the aggressive deck, you basically shift into a control deck. And so what's happened is they've played a Grim Lavamancer on turn one, which is a single red mana for a creature that is a 1-1, one -one, and you can pay a red and tap it and exile two cards from your graveyard to deal two damage to a creature or player. So a really good threat in the RDW deck that wants to just use a bunch of burn spells and get additional value. And I've played a two drop that they used a burn spell to kill, I played a three drop that they used a burn spell to kill, and they're getting this like incidental damage on me over and over. Finally on turn four, I played, um, I think it's called Ripjaw Raptor? 
yeah. It's a new four five from yeah. the new set from um, uh, Ixalan. Oh, it's yeah, it's awesome. a dinosaur. Good. It's for two green green. It's a four five, and it has enrage. Whenever it's dealt damage, draw a card. <sighs> and and my I opponent, I love that you're playing this. My opponent was just kind of like. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and so they had a 2-2 two, two for one, and again, the aforementioned uh, Lavamancer. And I hadn't taken that much damage yet, because he kept using his burn to try and kill my creatures. So I was like, I'm just going to attack you with this. So I hit you for two, and then you hit me for two back and forth. And I'm terrified, and I'm playing around Price of Progress. I've got like four lands in hand. And then finally, I draw a Dromoka's Command off the top. And Dramoka's Command Ooh. has a lot of modes. A lot, a lot, a lot of modes. The card's great. I won't go over all of them because... I've never beaten it in my entire life. Yeah. I, can't, yeah, I haven't won a game where my opponent has resulted Dramoka's Command. He's not wrong. So I've got Dramoka's Command in hand, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, should I wait for Price of Progress? What'll happen? I mean, this clock's going pretty well. I'll see what happens. Whatever. I'll just pass. And I guess it is relevant to say that Dramoka's Command can prevent all damage from a red... Instant or sorcery. Oh, maybe as well read it over. Any so, Jeroka's Command. Green, white, for an instant. You get to choose two of these modes. One of the modes is prevent all damage target instant or sorcery would deal. Target player sacrifices an enchantment. You put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control, or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. All of these modes are relevant in red. You can use the plus one, plus one to make them waste two burn spells, because if they want to kill my, my dinosaur, they're probably going to have to use at least two spells. Uh, prevent all damage from an instant or sorcery against burn makes a ton of sense. Sacrifice an enchantment is relevant as a way to get rid of um, sulfuric vortex. Blood moon and sulfuric vortex, and finally fight a creature is just a removal spell. So all the possibilities are going through my mind. I pass, and my pony only has two red mana up, and they're like, "Oh, great! Tap to incinerate you." I'm like, "Well, that was easy. It came up already." So I'm like, "Dramoka's command: prevent the damage from your burn spell. Have my Ripjaw Raptor." Fight your Grim Lavamancer because you don't have mana up to tap it and burn any spell. This is going to be great. Uh, and this is, as the mid-range deck, when I'm about to turn the corner. You know, you've, you've established control. It's not going to get over there. Oh, God. Did you die? And I'm just, like, fist pumping over and over. Oh, and then I pass. Oh, no. You and died. I forgot, no, I forgot about Inrage. I just forgot to draw the extra draw card. card. Yeah. So oh, it, wasn't, nice. it wasn't that bad. I didn't die. I still got there with the game. But instead of getting this sick three for one... And then just cementing it, I just I was so excited that I got the burn spell and killed the Grim Lavamancer that I totally forgot about Enrage. This story took a different turn from what I was expecting <laughs> yeah. it to. So whatever, I had I had a sick line. It was gonna be great, and then I just like slightly punted it. <laughs> That's and I was not just powerful like, at all. Yeah, so so this, this story <laughs> is slightly powerful. less powerful than possible magic. <laughs> this is adequate ham magic. I don't know. I just like I laughed so hard I destroyed my microphone. All it's right. fine. I loved it. I thought it was a great moment, and, and and it's just a great use of a card and a situation where I almost got a three for one, and then I was bad at magic. Yeah, all yeah. of those things are true. <laughs> so it's so good. <laughs> so that was our episode. Um, that was this is our first deep dive into another topic. So this is a continuation of our let's talk about. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you got an idea of what you want to see in the next episode, let us know down in the comments. A reminder that this episode is brought to you. By you over at your support at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you. And then from the whole North 100 team, thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. <laughs>